the news headlines, even if you haven't been paying attention, are filled with reports of terrorism. We can't even keep up with the reports of what's going on. Uh, I saw in passing, we were out of town this weekend, something happened in Mali. I haven't even had time to pay attention. Uh, but this morning, our focus is on the persecuted church worldwide. Those circles, of course, have some overlap when terrorism is uh, targeting people because of their faith. Uh, but we're not here to talk about what happened in Paris, although that's an important issue to address as biblical Christians. We're not, um, this morning at least, addressing the, the uh, question of the refugees. Uh, we want to focus particularly on the persecuted church. And uh, those prayers and that video um, were a good uh, starting point. In our 2015 series on the book of Acts, we saw this principle acted out in the early church history repeatedly, that any advance of the gospel stirs up opposition to Christ and to his people. Um, Paul, the apostle, would later in church history recount his sufferings in a letter to uh, Timothy and say, in fact, Timothy, everyone, not just apostles like me, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We shouldn't be surprised when we read of these accounts, when we hear these reports. It was predicted by the Apostle Paul. It comes with a territory of following a suffering servant Savior. But if it doesn't surprise us, neither should it numb us, nor should it drive us to passivity. The church of Jesus Christ has an urgent calling to care and to do something, which flows out of this picture of the unity of the body of Christ that's laid out for us in Scripture. Uh, Paul, in 1 Corinthians 12, for example, says in verse 12, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And the author of Hebrews adds this, remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. We are experiencing the unity of the body of Christ when we consider with our awareness what is happening around the world and then do something about it. How should the church respond to persecution? I'm just going to offer three action-oriented thoughts briefly this morning. First is that awareness. Are you aware of these events that have all happened in the last 12 months? Last November, a Christian couple in Pakistan burned alive by a mob because a rumor circulated that they'd had burned verses of the Quran. Soon after, this filled our headlines, of course, uh, and Adam prayed along these lines, tens of thousands of Christians forced from their homes of uh, centuries, centuries old in Iraq and Syria. Horrific atrocities committed at the hands of ISIS, including one particular story of a 12-year-old boy who was crucified along with his father because they refused to renounce Jesus and return to Islam. The father was forced to watch as his son's fingertips were chopped off before they were crucified. In February, ISIS captured 21 Egyptian Christians, put them in orange jumpsuits, paraded them along the beach, and executed them one by one. In April, gunmen stormed the campus of Garissa University in Kenya, 
It killed uh, 147 people and injured dozens more. And in the mayhem, they took 700 students hostage, asked them about their faith, let the Muslims go, and killed the Christians. Over its six-year insurgency, it seems like it's a lot older because of its incredible, prolific killing. Boko Haram has killed 20,000 people and displaced 2.3 million from their homes. That comes from the New York Times. The vast majority of them being Christians. Just this week, Boko Haram carried out twin suicide bombings in the Nigerian town of Yola, killing 49 and injuring 133. And I had to remind myself, I had to pause long enough to consider that those injuries aren't necessarily the good news. You know, only, only 133 people got hurt because those injuries are from bullets and shrapnel and bombs that tear bodies apart, disfigurements, disabilities that are permanent, amputations. Those events in Yola, as far as I'm aware, didn't even make the evening news. And if we wonder why, maybe some things that make sense include the fact that Paris is a global city and everyone can picture Paris at least, and some people have been, and the story's more intriguing, and viewers can relate better to dining out in a trendy bistro on a Friday night, or attending a concert in a hall, or watching a soccer game in a stadium and can relate far less to some city in Nigeria named Yola. But the events happening in Yola have an added dimension on top of the human brutality. Yola is a city overflowing with uh, with refugees from Nigeria's uh, extremist Muslim uprising, which means that the targets were disproportionately evangelical Christians persecution against the church, not only a political statement against a sovereign nation. Despite all these reports, are you aware that more people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ in Iran than in any other country in the Middle East? Awareness involves ongoing trust in a sovereign God who is able to use even the persecution of his people for the salvation of the lost. Awareness involves a lot more than watching the evening news, and we're pointing you to two excellent sources to keep you aware, uh, including Voice of the Martyrs and Open Doors International. I'll mention those in a minute. Uh, How can the church, how should the church respond to persecution, awareness, and secondly, prayerfulness? Listen to Paul. Note his context And pay attention to what he asks for in terms of prayer. He says this in Colossians 4, verse 2. I think Adam also quoted this in his prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Paul is in prison. He's suffering persecution. But what he prays is not for immediate relief from that suffering. He doesn't pray to to get out of prison so that his effective ministry can be even greater. He asks that God, would you, fellow Christians, pray for me that God would use my chains to open doors for the gospel to be proclaimed. 
You ever pray like that? I don't. Not nearly enough. Yes, pray for the church in all of these contexts. Uh, pray for the world is a new uh, version of Operation World. Some of you have that from years ago. I just picked up a copy myself. That can guide your prayers. Pray where, uh, for, for places where darkness suppresses the light of Jesus. Pray that government restrictions would be released, that people would not be imprisoned, let alone killed for their faith, that they would be able to share this best of news. Yes, pray those kinds of prayers. But also, if we want to pray, dare I say bigger, apostle-imitating prayers, we also need to pray that in the midst of the suffering and persecution and trial, which will continue, God will not always answer and bring relief. We need to pray that in the midst of that trial, that those followers of Christ would proclaim Him clearly through their lives and even in their deaths. That kind of prayer is a prime example of what we call kingdom prayers. Not just praying for temporal, physical, earthly needs, but praying along the lines of God's grand, eternal purposes. Here's some other themes of praying in the next slide. Some ideas that come from uh, Voice of the Martyrs. That believers would stand firm, that they would not be fearful, but trust in God. That they would um, leave it to God to vindicate them. They would not seek revenge. That they'd be able to rejoice even in the midst of suffering to love their enemies, to bless those who persecuted them, to persevere and to not grow weary or lose heart, which is only possible as they keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. Pray. Last thought on how the church should respond. Responsiveness. (laughs) Um, I deliberately add this last, some concrete ideas after prayer because our tendency is to be self-reliant rather than God-dependent. Our tendency is to say, what can I do? Rather than first pulling back, getting on our knees and saying, what do I need to ask God to do that He alone can uniquely accomplish? Take a look at one of the inserts in your bulletin. Um, It's this little booklet that says Voice of the Martyrs on the outside, and it's got a a pamphlet inside. Uh, Thanks to Judy Lunt for collecting this information. And uh, Lonvi in the office put it together in a little booklet. Uh, please don't throw that out or recycle it. Put it on your fridge. Walk by it. Let it remind you to do something, to pause in your day, to pray. Uh, there's a full list of prayers on that first page. And then the second page gives you the watch list from Open Doors International. Which countries are the worst in the world? And are, they, are they getting better or are they getting worse? Um, and that third page, uh, the right inside shows you how you can speak up on behalf of the defenseless. I've never done this, but I'm going to do it with this. Write a letter, send an email, pick up the phone and call your Congress representative or senator. Um, Tell President Obama and the State Department that you as a Christian citizen insist that the U.S. government do something to speak up and to defend uh, the religious rights of those around the world to do something about the imprisonment of a pastor like Saeed Abedini in Iran. How else can you respond? Let me share this uh, Proverbs uh, passage with you first. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly and defend the rights of the poor and needy. That's what we're doing in our responding. 
How else can you respond? Uh, today, we're, we're taking up a special collection for the persecuted church. I know we're double dipping. There's Thanksgiving um, uh, drive to collect funds to give to the Center for Food Action. There's a persecuted church. We're not doing the Mercy Fund in December because we know this is a, a time of year with the tree as well. We're asking you to take part in helping um, meet some needs. But all the funds, whether you remember next week or get online, you can drop down list box. Um, persecution is just what the, the menu is going to say, okay? Or use an envelope in the seat backs and just label it persecution or IDOP, um, International Day of Prayer. But all the funds will go to um, Voice of the Martyrs as they support those on the front lines who are suffering. Our children are donating supplies. Um, the meeting room behind you is already overflowing with boxes and things that our kids have brought to fill um, outreach packs to give to Christian refugees in Iraq and Syria. Last thought to share with you from Scripture. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, No one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. He shares that in the context of talking about husbands and wives in Christian marriage, but the principle that he shares right here applies well to any other relationship within the family of God. Members of the same body are sick, are suffering, are dying. How can we ignore that? Jesus is the one who gave his life for such as these. He doesn't call you to do that. He simply calls you and he calls me to care, to pray, to speak up. Let's do that. Lord, we speak up boldly in coming into your very presence on the throne room of heaven because you've told us to do this. You've given us permission. You've given us the right by the blood of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, we plead that you would pour out mercy upon your children who are suffering, that you would intervene. And Lord, if in your providence you enable this suffering to create opportunities, open doors for the gospel to be proclaimed, we praise you all the same. And we ask that you would use these sufferings, these deaths, martyrs, witnesses to Jesus to cause the gospel to explode all throughout the Middle East and Africa and uh, North Korea. Shock us, Lord, by uh, a new spiritual Berlin Wall, as it were, when you cause the spiritual walls of darkness to come tumbling down and you enable this good news of Jesus to grow like wildfire. We ask this for Jesus' sake and in his name. Amen.